It's the show where Hawaii's newsmakers come to talk and to take your questions live. From the nation's capital to Honolulu Hale, from the state legislature to the fifth floor, we bring the experts to you and ask them what you want to know. Spotlight Hawaii with Yanji Denise and Ryan Palaisuji on the digital platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii is brought to you by Long's Drugs. Well, good morning and happy Aloha Friday. We've made it to the end of another busy week. Uh, I'm Ryan Kalei joined by Yanji Denise, and this is Spotlight Hawaii on the digital platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. This morning, we're going to be focusing in on a specific area uh, of Honolulu and this urban core uh, that has been, of course, up for debate for a number of years now about development, but we're focusing on a specific district and the impact that it could have to one community. That's right. We are speaking today with Office of Hawaiian Affairs Chair Carmen Hulu Lindsay and OHA CEO COO Casey Brown to talk to us today about Kaka'ako Makai and some of the moves in the legislature that could make it potentially possible to develop this part of our island. Welcome to you both. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Aloha, Yinji and Ryan. Um, so, Chair Lindsay, I want to start with you. I think a lot of us are familiar with where this property is. Uh, we may have gone for a walk in that area, um, but we don't. Not everybody really understands the history, how this came to Oha. So, if you could briefly tell us about how the land was acquired, why it was acquired, and why it has not been allowed to be developed up until this point. Thank you. In 2012, the acres of land Makai of Ala Moana Boulevard in Kakaku were transferred from the state of Hawaii to the Office of Hawaiian Affairs as a settlement for our past due public land trust revenue debt of $200 million for its use of ceded lands. This landmark settlement represented the end of one of the longest running disputes related to the state of Hawaii's use of the native Hawaiian people's ancestral lands. So after decades of fighting at the legislature and in court to compel the state to pay its debt to Native Hawaiians, OHA believed that the 2012 settlement was the best deal it could get at the time and into the um, foreseeable, foreseeable future. In 2012, after rejecting proposed um, settlements for four consecutive years, legislators were at odds about whether OHA should be allowed to build housing on the lands proposed for transfer to the agency. OHA decided that accepting the lands with the existing residential prohibition and committing to return to the capital for further discussions with the legislature after conducting due diligence and planning was the best option for OHA beneficiaries. These lands are clearly valuable and despite being underutilized, they still generate revenue that helps to fund community grants. Uh, and Casey, if you can maybe expand a little more about where things are at right now, specifically with what the organization is asking for of the legislature and, and where things stand with specific legislative bills and um, where it is in this process right now. 
Sure. So the bill OHA was initially supporting was SB 736. The, um, that bill has died both in the House, on, in both houses, the House and the Senate. Um, but it doesn't mean, OHA doesn't believe that that means that the elements of our bill and the ideas of our acts um, are dead. Um, there are other vehicles in the legislative process that tend to surface. And what we did see is even though 736 hasn't been scheduled for the hearing in, in WAM, which it was intended to go to, that, um, that WAM has another bill in, in session that they introduced that is Senate Bill 1235. And we, we noted that in 1235, which was heard recently, that um, they pulled in elements from 736. They pulled in elements from our original bill. And those elements were 65 million for the bulkhead, um, some monies for our Kukani local lands, as well as um, 6 million to perform an EIS study for Kakakamakai. And, and more broadly, Casey, I'll stick with you for a second. If you could tell us, you know, what's OHA's vision for this property? If given, you know, full access to to develop it in the way that your agency sees fit, what would you like to see there? Yeah, great. Um, so everything starts and ends with us for it being a Hawaiian sense of place. That's the foundation of, of OHA's vision. Now, a cornerstone, a cornerstone element to that Hawaiian sets a place would be a Native Hawaiian Culture Center. So that's one, one project that OHA envisions that can be that epicenter of the Native of a Hawaiian sense of place. Now, the other, the other part of this vision is, you know, OHA sees a live, work, and play um, community there. And those words are used often in developments, um, but OHA, this is definitely real and intentional by OHA to create a place to live, which means we want to have this residential community there, which is why we have the bill this session. We want to create a place to work. So there's planned commercial construction that's, you know, going to be surrounding the residential. It's going to be, you know, maybe on the bottom floors of, of this residential. And so bringing commercial businesses so people, the community, locals can work and to play to play is what we have planned in terms of the green space we want to maintain, the open spaces we want to maintain. So that that's that's the high level vision for OHA right now. And Chair Lindsay, if you can expand upon what elements of uh, you know the language that was taken uh, from that bill and inserted into uh, this new bill, um, I believe by Senator Dela Cruz. What are, are some of the things, you know, we, we know that there are funding uh, aspects to that, but is there anything else specifically in there in the language that you are requesting and, and what would that funding be used specifically for? Well, the funding is uh, the 65 million for the bulkhead repair. Uh, we can't do anything on Fisherman's Wharf a uh, lot until that bulkhead is repaired. And it's a, uh, uh, HCDA is half of the bulkhead and the OHA property is the other half. So that that's an imperative um, funding that we have to have before we can uh, construct on Fisherman's Wharf. And the $6 million uh, for the environmental impact statement is um, imperative because um, we need an environmental impact statement in order to uh, develop as well. 
So I believe that these monies are the beginning of development for us at um, Kakako. And let me stick with you for a minute, if I could. I'm interested, how many housing units would you ideally like to see there? And how do you think this will help our broader housing shortage, you know, given that you know, it seems like all, so many of our issues facing the state right now, all roads lead to housing. So how specifically would this help to alleviate some of the crisis we're seeing there? Well, it all depends on the height that we're allowed. As you well know, our, our Bill 736 asked also for the height to be um, uh, increased from 200 feet to 400 feet. So that's a big difference of floors that we would be able to build uh, units. But I believe what we're looking at right now is 2,100 units. And uh, there are so many young families that are living with their families, their mothers and their fathers with their children that don't have any place else to go. And I think that these um, apartments that we'll be able to build for them, uh, affordable as well, will be able to help these families to to relieve their parents and go into their own uh, spaces and, and live with their children. Uh, there's so many, and, and a lot of them work right there in central Honolulu. So um, I think that it, it'll be a critical, uh, according to people we've talked to as we've passed uh, around the communities, they're so excited at the thought of being able to live right there in central Honolulu. Hey, Casey, I want to just get your sense of what uh, the conversations are like at the legislature right now. Uh, do you sense that there is support for this sort of development? I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily bode well uh, if these two other bills that you had initially spoke of died in both houses. We know that, as you mentioned, there's portions of it that are still alive, the language that was taken from that. Uh, but what is your sense from lawmakers uh, about support for the development of this area? So our sense is there's, there's a little bit of both. So we have support and opposition um, from lawmakers. And so there's a lot of variables at play. Um, you know, in the original 736 bill, we asked for residential. And, and like Chair Hulu said, we also asked for an increase in height and density and then monies to repair things like the bulkhead. So Given the, those multiple factors, I think it creates a, a lot of a lot of you know different messaging. Um, it creates different kinds of fears. So amongst the lawmakers, you know, we think um, we've what we've seen is general support from the Senate side because in the two hearing in the first hearing um, out of Water and Land and Hawaiian Affairs, it, it passed overwhelmingly. Um, and we do believe that we have the support in the other committees, like even the upcoming committees um, in Del Don Donovan Dela Cruz's committee. However, it's really still a hurdle on the House side. Uh, on the House side, it's it's historically been a hurdle, um, and you know we're we're still hopeful that you know a positive outcome can be reached, whether or not all of the elements of the bill. Um, maintain intact and find another vehicle. Um, we're not sure, but we do we do hope that some positive outcome, some kind of justice, some kind of uh, agreement is reached that can satisfy all. 
Let's stick with you and talk about some of that opposition, not from lawmakers, but uh, perhaps from some members of the community who say that this is one of the last open spaces in urban Honolulu um, and that it should not be developed, particularly to maintain access to the water. What do you say to those folks who are a little anxious about development in this last little piece of open space? Sure. I mean, I, we understand the fear. We completely understand the fear. But first and foremost, I want to point out that the three parcels that BOHA is interested in developing residential housing are the most inland parcels. So we are not going to touch the oceanfront for residential, not at all. In fact, what's planned on the oceanfront parcels is a big promenade, a big, wide, long promenade, um, and, and a commitment to the city's lay of parks to keep that nice walking, open space. And then that creates this nice, large setback where we, we would and, and currently have the right to develop commercial commercial there. And so that's that's what's gonna be um, in terms of the oceanfront parcels. And then in addition, our first draft master plan, we built in 11 access points. That's all the way from the wharf, you know, at the top of the harbor, most inland, all the way to the point. And that increases the amount of access that exists today. So. That coupled with some of the open spaces we have, you know, we're going to reserve 10 of our 30 acres for open space. You know, in total, OHA only owns 14% or, you know, just over 200 acres. I mean, sorry, just about 30 acres of the total over 200 acres in Kakakumakai. So, you know, if you take those factors into account, OHA's embracing the open space. Uh, and Chairman Lindsay, I just I also want to get your thoughts on that and 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 hear your, um, you know, your response to those who may also criticize uh, the organization for wanting to develop in this area, uh, similar to the question that Yanji posed. Uh, what is what would you say to those who feel that this is an area that should not see any sort of development? Well, I'd like to say that we're going to improve the area, um, and in so improving. We've added access to the ocean. And they were afraid that we we're going to close it off. Oh no, we have eleven access points to that to the ocean. And you know, I want to say that right now, Kakaako doesn't look pretty. It it has um, furniture strewn here and there, and um, people use it as a dumping area. Um, I I can't imagine that our people wouldn't want to see a place that they can live, work, and play, and a beautiful cultural center. That's going to be one of our in this project, a cultural center where we can share our um, traditions and uh, cultural practices and have have these practices perpetuated by workshops that uh, I hope our people will be teaching whoever comes to the, the cultural center. It's going to be the most relaxing um, where people like to hang out. Uh, I can't imagine why they would prefer um, the, the present situation over what we can provide for them. Uh, but granted, um, the, the residential is important because you know an area cannot survive without, uh, without warm bodies. And I think Aloha Tower proved that. So I, you know, we would like to have the residential, uh, providing the housing for our people, 
and having our people there enjoying the place. Chair Lindsay, when I was looking uh, through some testimony and prepare, in prepare, preparing rather for uh, today's conversation, I was struck by some of the testimony that you gave uh, in one of the Senate hearings, where you really framed this as a justice issue for Native Hawaiians and being able to realize the full potential, the financial potential of those lands. Um, can you tell us, you know, can you expand on that for viewers who may not have seen that testimony? Do you see this as a social justice issue for Native Hawaiians? I do. Because um, if you look across the street from our properties, you'll see all those high rises. And I'm thinking, now how are they able to do that when they're not even uh, residents of Hawaii and, and the host culture cannot even put up three uh, condos for our people? I, I, I think that's just an injustice. Um, all we're asking for, you know, is for fair treatment and, and not special treatment, equal tra treatment to other um, people that have built across the street. Now, just for an example, one of the lots that we, have, we are asking for um, residential is only 200 feet away from another high rise across the street that's 400 feet high. Now, how is that? Why can't we do the same thing? Yeah, Casey, I'm interested in your thoughts. Do you think that the, this is an issue of fairness when you do look at all the development that's happened over the last few years in the Kakako Master Plan and the large buildings that have gone up there? Um, do you see this as a social justice issue as well? 100%. So um, I echo Chair Hulu's comments about, you know, all the projects that are right across the street. And, you know, if you go further inland and even along the boulevard, I mean, you'll find many, many towers that are 400 feet or over. Um, not only that was, not only that point, but also, you know, it, it's our understanding that in 2012, the intention of the legislators when they gave these lands to OHA in lieu of cash, the intent was that OHA could come back in the future to get residential entitlements. Um, that, that was um, something that was, you know, understood at the time the deal was, was being made. And, you know, given all the sensitivities of the deal at the time, you know, OHA took that as part of their consideration to, to, to accept the lands. And so that, that's another piece of the social justice issue. And Casey, I'm wondering if you can just lay it out for those who may not be familiar with this master plan and what you folks are, are looking to accomplish. If you can specifically cite uh, the areas in which you would want uh, these towers to be and, and where the cultural center would be, uh, if you can kind of give us a lay of the land as to where specifically some of these projects uh, you, you're looking to develop. So um, I don't have um, the map handy, which would be helpful, but, you know, we tend to reference these parcels by, um, letters. Um, I'll try to think of certain landmarks. So there's an, um, Lot E, which is right off of Alamana Boulevard and currently has the old AFES building, A-A-F-E-S building. Um, that's, that's one lot. Um, and then there's a, a large lot below that one that we refer to as the FNG lot. It looks like a piano. That one's also slated for residential. And in terms of the culture center, um, the culture center has been looked at to be in a couple of different parcels, but 
where we last talked about it was it would it, it could be um, somewhere in the piano lot. Um, it could be um, in, in another inland lot as well. Um, and then the third parcel that we refer to is um, the parcel I for residential, and that's also on Almona Boulevard. Um, and that one is um, the most ever end of our parcels near the the city's um, pumping station and sewage station. You know, Chair Lindsay, I'm interested because this is this is obviously not the first time this issue has come up. Given what Casey laid out about the original, perhaps intent when those lands were transferred to OHA, um, why do you think that this has encountered so much opposition, and why has this been so difficult for the agency to achieve? Well, I think the people that live in the area has uh, gotten used to. Um, using the place as their private area. Um, they, they go surfing and, and um, I don't see them like hanging out in the, uh, on the land, but they are in the park and the park will still be there. It's, a, it's really a, a county park. So um, I think they just want that to be their um, private area. You know, every place else around, um, around Honolulu has many, many tourists. And uh, because the place is not uh, developed, that would tend to keep the tourists away. And then these people from that area are able to use it in private. And, and Chair Lindsay, what will be the determining factor uh, that will basically grant you access to, to be able to do everything that you're trying to do. We know, um, you know, there are, as we talked about at the top of the show, uh, these measures that are happening at, at the legislature, that's specifically for funding at this point in time. Uh, but what would give the green light for you to develop that? And, and what needs to be done moving forward in order to accomplish this? I think that we can develop it today through the HCDA rules and regulations for commercial and um, retail. Nothing's holding us back from that, except for uh, the bulkhead, which has to be repaired before that lot gets um, developed. But other than that, um, if we don't get residential, uh, we'll pro probably let those lots sit and, and, and move on the commercial lots. Yeah, Casey, could you expand on that? If you kind of get some, but not all of what you're asking for this session, how do you move forward? Yeah, I, I, I would, I would definitely agree with Chair Chair Hula and her comments. There is that we have to do something, you know. And Oha did spend a good amount of time these past ten now eleven years trying to unlock the full potential, right? So we, 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 yeah, we could have developed commercially. But the difference between value and um, to, to our beneficiaries, between the as-is um, kakakumakai and the fully unlocked potential with residential is significant. So that's why so much time was spent there when we could have just gone ahead and started to do commercial. But it's a significant difference. You know, after, after you know, more and more fighting or, you know, Trying, trying to compel the state legislator to to give us what we're asking for, we we should be looking at you know ways that we can 
start to develop um, according to our plans, um, but but yet, you know, do it in a way, in a sequenced, in a meaningful way that allows us to still retain the lands in, in that are reserved, that we think should be reserved for residential, um, retain those lands for, for, for a future for a future look, but for a future, you know, board, however far down the line that is. But commercially, we have the right to build and redevelop on these parcels. Yeah. And Casey, I want to stick with you here. How how much are you folks willing to negotiate? You know, say that you aren't able to get the 400 feet exception and, and be able to um, get what you've asked for and, and they keep it as is. Will you look to continue to move forward uh, with some residential uh, if it's not the entire scope of what you're asking for at what point do you see a different path that might allow for some sort of middle ground between um what you're asking for and what will ultimately be allowed so those that that's a decisions that um board tent will make so so i'd like to see if trust trustee hulu chair hulu would like to respond to that first because that that kind of decision on negotiating what what we decide to let go trade or you know not not trade away that that's a trustee decision sure uh, chair lindsay your thoughts on that well first of all i have met with um a speaker psyche and he has offered other lands to us that would um that we would be able to build housing but that that is not a consideration for our hawaiian people we have heard from many, many, many of our beneficiaries that has told us, don't give up the land. This is the last ocean front in central Honolulu that is um, in Oha's name. And our Hawaiian people were the first inhabitants of that area. And they're with their grandparents and and the grandparents' parents, you know, and they want to go back there. So I have um, expressed that to Speaker Psyche. Um, and, you know, we would be open to any other kind of um, negotiations that he wants to have. Um, and we've expressed that to him. I think that he's thinking about it. Um, so we're hopeful that he comes up with um, some kind of um, uh, solution for us. Uh, uh, if we if we have to um, adjust um, some of our asks, we're willing to talk to him about it. And, and Chair Lindsay, you know this idea that this land would benefit you know would benefit Native Hawaiians. There's no way to really, as far as I know, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, to restrict who can actually purchase these properties. And some of the criticisms that I've heard levied out there are well. Uh, Native Hawaiians won't necessarily be the ones who are inhabiting the, 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 you know, the residences themselves. What do you say to that? How is that still a benefit to Native Hawaiians, even if they aren't the ones who are actually living there? Well, you know, as part of um, OHA's uh, grants, we do have a grant that is educating our people to be homeowners. And we're hoping to get our Hawaiians ready um, so that if we are in construction, they can be prepared to apply for a mortgage when when it opens up to the general public. Uh, it was never our intention to only have Hawaiians, but we would like to have our Hawaiians to have some preference. 
And if and in other uh, developments, that's been possible. So I think we would certainly look at it and see if that's a possibility and, and afford our people the first preference and then open it up to the general public. Yunji, may I add something to Chair's comment? Um, the other thing, the other prong of this development is that this, OHA sees this as an economic engine. So on the housing front, we can help the community, the local community, and that's our intent, right? And part of that community is Native Hawaiians, but sure, we can't, we're not like DHHL, we can't reserve it strictly for Hawaiians, but we want to help the community, right? But the other, the other prong of this project is that it's an, OHA sees it as an economic engine, meaning we see the resources, the revenues that can be developed in this project. And those revenues come back to our beneficiaries. They come back in the form of the grants that, that Chair Hulu is talking about. They come back in the form of other investments in the community that we make, you know. And so that's, that's a big part of how we see it helping the Native Hawaiians. Well, we are just a few mi uh, minutes and, and we'll be out of time here, but I did want to just allow one final thought from each of you uh, this morning to those who are watching who uh, continue to either support or maybe oppose this project. What would your message be for viewers about the plans that you have for this area? Uh, Casey, we'll start with you. Um, I, I just want to say that, you know, OHA understands the fears of development in general. We understand the fears of development, but I can't see another better uh, landowner, another better steward of the lands, and another better um, developer than a Hawaiian organization representing Hawaiians. And so if anybody's going to be stewarding these lands, developing them, I guarantee you the Hawaiians will be developing it, developing it and caring for those lands in a way different and better and and in a way that makes the Hawaii residents and the Native Hawaiian people proud. And Chair Lindsay will give you the last word this morning. Well, I'd just like to say that OHA is not, is not a developer. We are a mission-driven agency. And our mission is to improve the conditions of our Hawaiian people. So as we look at this um, to, to uh, develop this area, we're hiring uh, professionals to advise us and, and lead us the right way. And um, we're hoping that it's only going to make the place beautiful, um, usable, and it'll help us with our, um, our, uh, our um, economic energy and, and um, economic stability so that we can put more money into helping our people and, um, and be able to provide the housing that the people in Honolulu look forward to. Um, because, you know, all, all of the um, high rises that are coming up are not high rises that they can afford. Um, you know, when you drive by Ala Moana, you can see all the dark, um, dark apartments where people are not living there. So we'd like to have lights on in Kaka'ako. Oha Chair uh, Carmen Hulu Lindsay and Oha COO Casey Brown, thank you so much for speaking us speaking with us this morning about Kaka'ako Makai and bringing us up to speed on where the legislation stands. We hope to have you on again soon. Thanks so much for being here. Mahalo, mahalo, yeah. Thank you.
Well, great to hear from them. And that was a really good, you know, deep dive into the background of this issue for those folks who have not been tracking it closely, you know, giving us some of the history of how this land was first given to OHA, what it was intended to do, and sort of where we are now, Ryan. I think that, you know, you made a good point that it does not look great given that 736 died in both the House and Senate. Those were the bills that were moving forward to allow for some of this development. But some of those elements have been resurrected by Donovan Dela Cruz in a new bill. And so it does sound like there's some optimism that they could at least get this session some of what they want. Yeah, and really that is funding for some of the improvements that are needed for them to move forward on the commercial space as well as uh, getting approval for what they ultimately would want. And that is to have residential opportunities to build and develop in areas. Uh, you heard three different parcels w- uh, that would be on the Mackay side of Alamoana Boulevard. Uh, there have been some pushback by those in the community who say that this should be an area that continues to remain open. But you heard uh, the passion that both of our guests had this morning about how the land uh, they feel is right, you know, b- belongs to the Hawaiian community and Native Hawaiians who first lived in this area should have the right to be able to provide uh, access points and carry out their vision of a cultural center that would also uh, be in this area as well. Um, but it remains to be seen how their request and some of their uh, proposals and ideas for this area will be met by lawmakers and the community as a whole. Right. And interesting to hear from both of them about how they they frame this really as a social justice issue, that there is this question of fairness when you see all the development that has happened, uh, you know, just across the street, a few hundred feet away, we see plenty of high rises going up. Um, and so how is that allowed when these three developments are not? That is a question that has been asked at the legislature and something that lawmakers are tackling this session. This is an issue that we will be following closely. Um, we know that many of you are very passionate about it as well. So we appreciate you tuning in this morning. On Monday, we are going to be uh, joined by Don Chang. She is Governor Green's nominee for the Department of Land and Natural Resources. She's come under fire for some of her past work, uh, working with the business community and some of her work also. So involving Kauaiha'o Church. So we'll talk to her about that uh, and see how her how she's faring in the nomination process. Plus, what are her visions for this very important state agency? Yeah, this is an agency that has seen uh, other directors have a hard time getting confirmation in the Senate. And so uh, we will see how this all unfolds as Governor Green continues to look for those appointments to be confirmed by the Senate. And what he says will allow him the opportunity and ability to govern uh, to have some of these leaders in this department. So we look for- forward to that interview on Monday. We hope you have a great and safe and hopefully dry weekend. It's been a little <laughs> wet here, uh, but hope you all stay dry uh, during this weekend. We'll see you right back here on Monday. Aloha. Aloha. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii is brought to you by Long Drugs.